This week on the Jock and Nerd podcast, we've got a spoiler review of Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and episode eight of Marvel's What If, the one where Ultron wins. One of these Marvel things is better than the other. Which one? Find out in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, October 4th, 2021. <laughs> oh, hi. I didn't hear you come in. This is Ross Marquand from The Walking Dead, and you're listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Now, if somebody could please explain to me what a geek boner is, my life would be complete. Until then, rock on, nation. What's up, what's up, listener? How's it going? Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. And he's the nerd. And joining us is our very own parasitic organism that turns out is the smartest one out of all of us. It's Rugboy. What's up, Rugs? Hello, Emmy. <laughs> that's my that's my venom. Is that a good? It's not. It's not mm. bad. Do Tony Soprano venom. What would that sound like? <laughs> hey, fucking Eddie! <laughs> you can listen to me. You got fucking wax for ears, motherfucker. <laughs> Which symbiote all the gabagool? <laughs> hey, wait the gabagool. Eat more funny. Oh shit! Anyways, what is he always looking for? He's looking for the gabagool. He's looking for the super side. The super set, little mozzarella. Yeah, who's got the provolone? Who's hiding the provolone? I want to check in with Anthony before we get started, because I don't know if you guys noticed today, for a large part of the day, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp was down. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anthony, how, how'd you fare? Were you okay? Did you survive? It was actually uh, very healthy for me. Oh, to yeah? Not have to look. Yeah, I, I, I noticed Instagram. I thought it was just me, and then someone texted me and goes, your Instagram down? And then... That's when I realized more than one person had it down. Big outage. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I guess I didn't think that was possible. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was. The world was talking about you it. You know, it's big when like the national news is like Instagram, Facebook down for six hours. Mark Zuckerberg. But Twitter worked. Twitter is fine. Uh, <laughs> it's not owned by Facebook. Zuckerberg probably shit in a brick. I love to see that. Sometimes. Why he, was it down? I don't know. I don't know. Was it hacked? Was it a bug? Did somebody. Yeah, to make it completely down was interesting. For like hours, uh, yeah. like six plus hours. That's I don't think that's ever happened before. Zoomers were jumping out the window. I know. I was concerned <laughs> for all the Instagram influencers out there. They're don't, like, I don't know what to do. I had no one to influence me. I'm not influencing people right now. I'm not making any ad revenue. What do I do? Floppy uh, <laughs> John. Everything's fine. Everybody. I relax. even had a like in 20 minutes. Yeah, they were jonesing. People are jonesing. This is what happens. It's like a Black Mirror fucking episode. In real life. Anyways, we have a lot of fun things to review. Let's get into it. The Jock and Ned Podcast. We're going to review two Marvel things. Let's start with Disney Marvel on the small screen. Mm -hmm. uh, we, are, mm -hmm. we are at season one, episode eight, the penultimate episode of What If? On Disney Plus, Marvel's What If. Here are the ultimate peen episode. The ultimate peen episode. Here's your spoilers. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. 
Uh, this one titled, What If Ultron Won? He would shut down Facebook and Instagram I think, instantly. I think, Ultron, I think Ultron won today. He got his, he's finally like, ah, peace on the internet. <laughs> Nobody's trolling me. I'm not getting any likes. Well, you have to get Twitter if he wants to do that. Ultron, That's where it yeah. all starts. Uh, nobody pays attention to Twitter. It's like Midgard and Heimdall. They don't care. Huh. It's Facebook. Uh, voice cast for this one, you have kind of half of the people and half of the not people, but largely, you know, the the main two guys are uh, Natasha and Clint. So you got Jeremy Renner and you got Lake Bell returning as Natasha. She does a great job. I love the Lake Bell, but also Bennett's Swatch Cumberbitch as uh, mm. Dr. Strange, Toby Jones as Arnim Zola, Ross Marquand voicing Ultron, man of many voices. Uh, now I got to play the Ross Marquand intro for the show. Josh Keaton returning as Steve Rogers, Mick Winger returning as Tony Stark, Alexandra Daniels, Carol Danvers. And so that's about it. Those people are the replacements. Anthony, the title does tell it all, but tell us some more. What happens? Uh, what's the setup in this one? Ultron wins. No, Ultron <laughs> wins. He, he gets his body into vision, into his vision, and those Avengers never are able to, you know, capture vision and take that away from Ultron and and put Jarvis into him. So if uh, if Ultron were able to make vision and transform or transfer his consciousness into vision, he would have won. Yeah, he gets the Mind Stone. Because, yeah, he gets the Mind Stone. So it's like yeah. a, a reworking of uh, age of what we saw in Age of Ultron. Uh, yeah, and, this, and then this storyline is more closer to the Age of Ultron from the comics where yes. Ultron wins, everyone's uh, kind of killed, and people are in hiding. It looks In this one, Black Widow and Hawkeye are, are the last of the Avengers, and Ultron's not only conquering earth but becoming aware of other planets and then eventually other universes and it gets pretty nuts oh it gets crazy so quick overall thoughts before we dive in uh i love what you mentioned it this reminded me of the age of ultron comic and how it starts is like you're in this timeline where ultron won and everything's fucked up but this is an episode that had me going uh oh shit the fuck? like out loud several times I, I thought the pacing was great, and I was like, holy shit, this is what uh, we were waiting for, and I thought it was uh, it was well worth it. What did you guys think overall? Well, I was amused by this episode. I found it to be a true what-if. I found it to be a what-if-y. Very what-if-y, um, yes. Yeah, it was like, okay, this is a good... You take something that we all experienced in Age of Ultron where they were able to... Uh, you know, they fumbled the ball and they recovered it and got Ultron and, and, and to kind of like be, be in a weakened state and be able to overpower him. And this one, he gets the Mind Stone and it, it really shows like what, like the fact that that whole programming that he has to try and solve the world's problem by eradicating the yeah. problem, which is us yeah, or people in general or, or just sentient life is the way to do it. But then I also thought it was kind of fun that like, he ends up doing it and then gets bored. Yep. <laughs> That's great. So it was cool. Like ex as extensionally, it's like, okay, what if you get what you want, then, then what? what, then yeah. what? Yeah. So it's interesting. I thought it was, it had a little bit to chew on it, more than other episodes. Absolutely. Yeah. This was a, this was a fun concept. You know, it wasn't like, I keep harping back on the first, but it wasn't like a minor change where you just, you sub one character for another, but it was like, you know, he won. So then what happens, as Ruggs mentioned, 
there is this existential conversation of him being bored. First, he you know decides to go after other planets. It's fun to see the concept of him with all the stones. It's nice to see him dust Thanos by just lasering him in <laughs> That's half. That's great, too. You know, they, 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 they have a lot of fun with killing Iron Man and the way they killed Thanos. And then it's interesting to see how he gets the, the stones and then it makes him aware of other universes and, and the whole stuff with him chasing the Watcher was fun. So yeah, it was it was it was good, and it's it sounds like, or it looked like, these what ifs. It, we already kind of knew this, but these what ifs aren't just standalones. They're obviously building towards something, and it looks like they're building towards this, which is you know stopping Ultron from destroying the multiverse. Now that he's aware of it, because you know he's he was bored, and now he he's found purpose again. I did feel a little cheated, though, because I wanted him to tangle with Beyonder and Galactus. Oh, shit. Yeah, there's a little nod to Galactus Beyonder. Man, I don't know when they're bringing that in. We already got, like, you know, you got He Who Remains and Kang, and, like, where does Beyonder fit in all this, you know? And the Celestials are coming. Uh, But in the cartoon, you could have done it. I do like that it's not redoing a movie. It's, like, completely new shit, which is what I wanted from the What If. So... It hits the nail on the head there. Are they still not going into that stuff? Like the have they dipped into the new stuff yet that they acquired from Fox? Like No, or they haven't. Not really. Because Galactus would be one thing that they reclaimed. Yeah, I haven't seen anything haven't. from the Fantastic Four properties yet. Yeah, they had the Ultron Galactus there, but right. like Oh yeah. They had like uh yeah that that call out to Galactus where he was as big as the planet he ate the planet. I mean they could have thrown in a little silver surfer flying around. They could have thrown in a lot of crazy so, shit. So like they're not going to introduce this shit like willy nilly. I guess. No, I don't think they're no. not. They're not using it because it's not been introduced into the mainstream MCU. So they're they're going to stay away from that. I feel in these things up until then. But neither was Kang. Like why? Oh. Or neither was any character. And Kang may have been a Fox property with Fantastic Four. I don't I believe know. he was. Ooh. Well, no, I think they got to share Kang. Oh, because Kang is technically a, a FF. He's more of actually an Avengers villain. Oh, that's true. FF. That's true. Yeah. Although, although he is very close to the FF too, because he's the descendant of Reed Richards. Right. Yeah, Nathaniel Richards from the future, from the past. It was similar to the scroll situation oh that's right because there was uh but now they own all that shit they could start throwing it in right now it doesn't matter anyways let's before we break down the episode there's a couple of fun parts i want to call out uh listener you want to join the conversation you want to meet other like-minded jocks and nerds who love all this shit there's a place to go it's not down anymore it's our facebook group (laughs) was down earlier uh and blake braden was jonesing he's like i can't post stupid things to the facebook group i was like it's okay blake uh, but that's where it'll you, be all right. It'll be all right. But that's where you will meet all of our fun, awesome listeners. We're in there. And you want to join because sometimes I post special things just for our Facebook group. For example, dudes, uh, sometimes there's oh, news. Oh, shit. Of, I want to call those special. Is that of, <laughs> is it of me? I think they're very special. Is it of somebody else? You got to join to find out. No, earlier today. So I got this email from the marketing people who are marketing the Dune movie. You know, Dinas Villanueva's Dune Mm-hmm. Uh, and they set us up a little landing page to get free passes for an advanced screening to Dune for our Chicago area listeners. Oh, shit. Talking nerd. Uh, wow. So I'll give you the URL. It'll be in the show notes. The Facebook uh, group got a couple of days head start. Here's the deal. You've seen these screenings, right? You sign up. You can get Their passes are free. Admission is first come, first serve. It will be on Thursday, October 14th. 
uh, in downtown Chicago at the. Hold on, I hand it up here. I can't get in on this. <laughs> Sorry for anybody God. doesn't live in the Chicago area. It's at uh, damn it. It's uh, Showplace Icon at Roosevelt Collection oh, on yeah. Delano Court. Yeah, down in downtown Chicago. October 14th, 7 p.m., and they were nice enough to set us a little landing page. It is at wbtickets.com slash Pod, and you'll see our little logo there. It says we're a screening partner. I don't know how all this happened. I just responded to an email, and uh, the girl's like, here you go. Here's the link. Get, you, uh, get your listeners some free passes. It's fantastic. Check it out. Uh, so you have you got some time to get free passes to Dune, which will be on HBO Max and in theaters October 22nd. And we'll probably review that. Right, fellas? What else is sure. coming? Sure. I'm, yeah, I'm jonesing to see that movie. Absolutely. Okay. Sure. Back to the what if. Uh, okay. I love the beginning where it starts in this apocalyptic uh, world where Ultron has won and everything's fucked up and Natasha and Clint are the only ones apparently still around to fight Ultron bots. Great action scene. you notice a couple of things about these versions of these people. Hawkeye has a robot arm and he's got an invisibility cloak. Right. Cool things. But I guess both like Stark tech and like Quinjet cloaking technology. But I love that opening scene and turns out they're in Russia looking for the secrets to take down Ultron. And this is where the watcher explains what happened that Tony created Ultron and Ultron wanted to kill everybody. This is all Tony Stark's fault, of course. And in this timeline, he gets his wish that they don't get the cradle. He gets into Vision's body, kills everyone, fires all the nukes like in that movie War Games, only for real. And Tony Stark dies again. Oh, shit. This is like the fourth or fifth time. Oh, yeah, they like killing him in this. Well, could it be that Tony Stark's death? I, somebody else commented on this. Is that uh, an absolute point in time? Like, uh, we. They he always dies? Yeah, like he always has to die. Just like, what was the other absolute point in time? Well, uh, Doctor Strange. Oh, his girl. His girl dying. Right. So maybe Tony Stark always has to die somehow. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he used to die. Yeah, but I think th- there's a difference. The, the his girl had to die, or Doctor Strange's girl had to die at that moment in that universe. She always had to die oh, right. that day. Right. You're just saying Tony Stark has to die at some point. Oh, That's yeah, I think it's not the same time. <laughs> All rich white dudes have to die at some point. I agree. Elon Musk, <laughs> fucking Bezos, take care of yourself. Look at this. Go into space. <laughs> Look over your shoulder, my friends. They're out in space. They don't know what's going on. Uh, what do you think of Vision with Ultron's voice? Kind of weird. Well, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, if if Jarvis never got uploaded into Vision, he wouldn't talk like that. So, yeah, it was a little different, but made sense. This is what would happen. So, Nat and Clint only survive the nukes because they're in the air watching everything fucking get blown up. And then, yeah, the, you mentioned the hilarious bit where Ultron's standing there and Thanos portals in and he's got the gauntlet and he's got five of the stones. And what is Ultron? He just goes, hmm, interesting. And then just yeah, like fucking lasers him in half. Oh, shit. Wow, that just movie like, ended really quickly. Done. Yeah. Infinity War would not be a long movie. So they they nerfed Scarlet Witch in this one? Uh, we, yeah, Oh, she's dead. Everybody's dead. She's, she's like dead. the other super powerful person in the universe. Yeah, they nerfed right? Thanos so also. That can yeah. fuck up reality and do all that stuff. And that did nothing. Why didn't Vision just laser fucking Thanos in the movie? I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. it, well, because I saw yeah that that's a good point. <laughs> but I I thought about it. This 
Vision was not just a robot. He had like Jarvis right. and he had Tony Stark's brainwave oh, yeah. and Bruce Banner. So he was much more conflicted. Even the, in uh, Civil War, he misses and hits War Machine because he's thinking about he was distracted by Scarlet Witch. Oh, right. Whereas this, where if, as, if Vision actually was just Ultron the whole time. He's a straight up killer. Yeah, well, he's got no, um, he's got no hesitancy. Yeah. He's just, you know, he's just focused on the mission. It's not like he has human emotion going through him. No, you're right. The vision's first instinct wouldn't be just let me just laser this fucker in half. Like that's not how his brain works. Well, and also in Infinity War, if you remember, Vision wasn't working correctly because he got stabbed through the chest. Oh, that's with that right. Blade right in the beginning. Yeah, of the movie. he was uh, injured the whole time. Right. Uh, so anyways, now Ultron has all the Infinity Stones, and he can see everything, and he says the line that we hear him say in Age of Ultron that he's going to bring about peace in our time, but this time, not just on Earth, on every corner of the universe, and you watch him proceed to destroy fucking Asgard, uh, the Sovereign, uh, Sakaar, where Korg's there, he fucking nukes Ego, the whole planet, the sovereign is where he, the guardian. That's where the guardians down. were, and they go down. You see them. The grandmaster, you Grand see, go master down goes down Sakaar. in a flash on Sakar. So everyone you see, everybody die, and then he's on Xandar, where the Nova Corps are from, and he's about to fuck, fucking put the smackdown on that planet. When Captain Marvel shows up, I don't know where, and just slams into him, calls him Skynet. Another great. I love this kind of Terminator reference. She goes, what's up, Skynet? She goes, I've seen the Killer Robot movie, and it didn't need a sequel. And I'm like, D- you didn't see T2, Carol, Carol Danvers? Was that, no. was that what she was talking about? She's like, it doesn't need a sequel. It's better. No, she was, uh, I think she was already gone by then. She was gone. Or I kind of feel like it's also a jab at like all the sequels of that movie that came out after T2. Could be. Right? Could be. Subtly. Yeah. Uh, so she plunges him into the core of fucking Xandar, and she's apparently super strong, but not strong enough because he has all the Infinity Stones. Boom, Xandar's gone. She's gone. Oh, she gone. shit. She's gone. She's dead. And now we get to that great bit where his mission is complete. He's like, there's peace, and he's fucking bored. And he starts to hear the Watcher's narration talking about how now he's become aware and he could see everything and freaks the watcher out. And that was the first I was oh, like, shit. oh, my God, he he just saw him. He could hear him. This is not good. I love that whole his whole kind of realm with uh, the prism worlds and the little windows and how like this is where you, you see every multiverse mm-hmm. from this little quarter. That's fucking cool. Back on the planet, Nat and Clint are in the KGB looking for files. They're looking for files for Armin Zola. So they can infect Ultron, take him down. And the Watcher, this part's great because the Watcher's around and he's so frustrated. He's almost about to fucking intervene because the Ultron is about to fight him. And he's like, shit, ah, it's right there. It's right there. Uh, and they eventually find it. Yeah, well, Clint is looking for it and he's about to give up. He's, it was, yeah, he's like, this is his. This was my box. Are you kidding me? Uh, Does that sound like a sound plan? Like Armin Zola is going to be the thing that takes down Ultron? Is that you know her her rationale was like we need an analog solution because he's in every digital server. So Zola is just like a copy on this one computer. He's not networked anywhere. I don't know, Hmm. but I wouldn't you think Ultron would just take over Zola, the older code? Yeah, right. Makes sense. Yeah. 
Uh, so they need Zola's help. Meantime, Ultron fucking smashes through to the Watcher's realm and sees all the universes and just like licks his lips. He's like, "Oh shit, look at this." I'm, if he had lips, if he had, oh, oh that's right. If he's he, got actually he's got synthetic lips he's, because he's got he's envision. He's got the body. vision lips, so he can lick his yeah. his android lips. You know, he can lick it. But right. he's basically like, "Oh shit, I gotta kill all these universes." I'm not done. Meanwhile, the Nat and Clint get to Siberia. They find the computer. Zola is on. It's the last copy of Zola, and we find out Clint's middle name is Francis, uh, which is great. Why is that great? I don't know. It's hilarious. <laughs> I don't know. Francis, Clint Francis Barton. I don't think we ever knew that before. I don't know why it's great. It's just funny that his name is Francis. You'll be sorry, Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> What's your middle name, Imran? Uh, is it like seven it's, names? No, it's, I think it's Ali. I think. I don't know. You don't know your middle name? I never use the full. It's like four names. His middle name is Danger. We, yeah, yeah Danger. I told you, you had like three or four names. Yeah, I think we discussed there's like four names. Ali, Akbar. Yeah, there's like a pre-name, Sayyid Imran Ali. Nanjani. Yeah. Nanjani. Oh, I wish. You're related. <laughs> cousin. Cousin Kumail. So good to see you. Uh, okay. So their plan is to get Ultron injected into an Ultron bot so that, uh, sorry, get Zola, who's in an arrow now, shoot him into an Ultron bot. He's going to upload himself, connect to the hive mind, shut down Ultron. Sounds like a good plan. Doesn't exactly work. Uh, nice Easter egg. You see uh, Natasha has the red guardian shield. As they're fighting off Ultron bots uh, with Clint uh, and uh, Zola can't can they get him into an Ultron bot? He cannot connect to the hive mind. Very curious. This escape scene was great. They're they are being chased up the same shaft that we saw in Winter Soldier, right? Manscaped. Oh no, Manscaped shaft. Yes, (laughs) yes, Winter Soldier. Uh, Not Winter Soldier. Civil Civil War. Civil War. Yes, the scene where they're with the little platforms. Uh, So that's a great Easter egg. And then uh, as they're trying to make their way out, a whole buttload of Ultron bots are right on their tail. And in a reverse of the endgame scene when they're trying to get the Soul Stone, uh, Clint sacrifices himself, letting go as Natasha's trying to hang on. And go, and it's that badass scene. It's slow-mo. He turns around. He fires a fucking explodey arrow, and they slow it down, and the light is fantastic. I love that. I love that. He never shot. runs out of arrows. No, yeah, he doesn't. He has an arrow for everything, and they're always stocked so uh natasha and ultron do survive clint dies and zola realizes ultron is not in our fucking universe oh this is why i cannot connect to the hive mind where's ultron he is with the watcher fighting the watcher through multi-universes and hair rugs you know i love the kirby crackle did you notice that's right yeah i saw the crackle kirby you know what the kirby crackle is anthony um is it similar to Snap, Crackle, and Pop? It's one of the uh, Rice Krispie Treats. No. Yes. It's one of the elves that makes Keebler cookies. Uh, That's what I thought it Kirby was. Kirby Crackle is uh, a language Jack Kirby invented, visual language, way back in the 60s when he was doing all these cosmic books of basically black circles uh, in, in in groupings, different different sizes, and it represents like dark matter, the universe. So you see them. Use these circle, black circle energy things. That's the Kirby crackle. I love that. I love that little detail. Did you also notice this? So a scene where he's fighting, they're smashing through multiverse after multiverse, different universes. One of them is fucking Darth Vader's home planet. Oh, shit. 
It's absolutely Mustafar. You see a river of lava. You see Darth Vader's fucking castle, the the pointy castle. Oh, I missed that in the background. Because thought, yeah, I think I saw that, or someone pointed that out. That's crazy. That's like they've never the first combining of Star Wars and Marvel in this crazy fucking thing. Holy shit! Uh, And then I love this also. Watcher levels up with a gold suit. He's got, and you see him actually fucking use his powers and do some cool shit. It's morphin' time. Yeah, finally. He's not just sitting around watching. Uh, and then Ultron, as they're fighting, Ultron pulls a Galactus, eats a universe real quick, all giant. That was fun. My favorite part of the of, of the uh, Watcher fight is that the Watcher uses his Gigunda head to headbutt <laughs> Ultron. <laughs> he should be using his head more. It's giant. How does he just not fall over? Yeah, how does his neck barrel that way? Right? He's so top-heavy. He's like a pop figure. He is like a living pop figure, but I'm glad he got a suit. He got to fucking shoot some shit out of his fucking gauntlets and shit. Uh, And then they land in a timeline where uh, on the big screen, Steve Rogers is being uh, sworn in as president. And Ultron, I love this. He accuses the watcher. He's like, all you did is watch. Isn't this more fun uh, and less creepy? To actually do something. So he pretty much calls Watcher a creep, which he kind of is. Yeah, he is a little bit of a creep. He just stands by watching, not interfering. And masturbating. And masturbating. So <laughs> of course, that, what else would you do if you you had to take care of the multiverse and no one could see you? you there's a lot of downtime. Oh, That's shit. where he gets the Kirby Crackle. That's where the Kirby... Jesus Christ, that's pretty good. The Kirby Crackle gets very crackly with some loot. It's going to be a lot of white circles. Yeah. I stick it up my asshole. And then that's what oh. happens. Oh. The first of how many times are you going to play that one? I'm going to keep it to one right now. There may okay. be another time I play it. It may come up later. Uh, okay, so then, finally, they're fighting. <laughs> He's already planning to use it. <laughs> I have it programmed out in my head. Uh, Watcher, uh, Ultron's about to fucking just kill Watcher, and he breaks free, and he fucks off and runs, because he's he can't, he's not, he's not going to be able to beat him. Where does he end up? And Ultron's like, run, whatever, I'll find you, I can see everything now. Where does he end up? He's in the fucking little tiny pocket dimension, Doctor Strange Supreme, made for himself at the end of the Doctor Strange episode. And uh, some more great lines. He has to break his own oath, and Strange is like, I want to hear you say the words. Say it! And he's like, I need your help. Uh, and uh, now they're going to have to build as guardians of the fucking uh, multiverse. That was crazy. Right. Well, the thing is, is we just watched the uh, Loki series where the the Infinity Stones are meaningless in the multiverse. Yes, this was my question. And, uh, for some reason... <laughs> Why did these stones yeah. work well, actually, in between so, universes? I th- I think this this does actually make sense. So in Loki, they're in. I don't think they're in a actual multiverse. I think they're in a like a pocket dimension where the TVA is. Where the TVA is. Whereas here, they're in different multiverses, and we've seen in Avengers in Endgame, they took the stones from different points. Right, time right 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 and moved them to their new you know this new dimension oh, they were creating yeah. this new um part of the multiverse they were creating so you do see it work in other um points in time or other multiverses other branch realities you just don't see it work in loki in the pocket universe that the tva was at uh, you know what i'll allow that where the tva is clearly they don't work and where like the void at the end of time it's probably not going to work the the question i actually had though yeah. So it look obviously all these episodes are now cr- are all interrelated. 
Unless there's more than one Uatu the Watcher, the end of the last episode doesn't make sense. That was the other thing. When did that scene happen or does it now never happen? It doesn't make any sense. Because to, re- to recap, yes. at the end of the Thor party Thor You're episode. absolutely right. Yeah. He's like Thor or he's like Nor- Thor and, and Jane are going to live happily ever, for, ever after. And then he's like, wait a minute. What? I didn't notice this. Yeah. And you see Ultron come into that universe. This Ultron already made with the Infinity Stones. Right. So unless it's another dimension or no, another there's only part of one him. uatu right unless it's a different watcher but i think it's all the same uatu and i think he's all only watching unless that's a thing that's a little other thing i'm confused by i thought uatu was only supposed to watch our universe and the other watchers were supposed to watch other oh universes. that's also a good point but then clearly this uatu can watch every universe well at the same like time. he who remains was also well, he, watching all he the paid extra for the multi-universe package uh, uh, it's a bundle know? it's like the no, triple yeah. what it, it's not a bundle it's yeah. old school he got a black box oh, he's, he's watching he everything it. yes he's he watching it all on pay-per-view it. for free <laughs> yes he's got <laughs> rabbit ears and a hacked card in his satellite I feel like dish. most of our listeners have owned a black box at one time was that that was yeah that would give you all everything right and it would give just, you all the all the channels and all the and the pay per views though and get like a, sh- a shady guy would show up and you'd give him cash yeah. and they would right. just be coaxial cable into the box right I remember those but you like you all the new movies that came out you know you didn't have to wait to go to Blockbuster because they'd go on pay per view first but then eventually wouldn't the box like they would fry the box and you'd have to get another one there was a yeah. way they could yeah. send a you, signal you, you never had the black box forever right right you had a nice little pocket in time where you were watching all that shit and all the like softcore stuff too. <laughs> Dude, these old hippies at work, they were running the scam where they had, uh, you know how like the, the satellite TV has these cards that you put into the satellite box. So they would like reformat the card or get hack cards and put them in and get free service or something. I don't know. It was really crazy, but where there's a will, there's got to be a way to pirate. Oh, there's so many more ways now with the internet. Yeah, That's true. So, yeah, I this think it's is easier now. This is like ten years ago. Right. Uh, anyways, yeah, Watu <laughs> wa- hacked the fucking multiverse, and he's one guy is so one guy is responsible for watching everything. Like that's uh, well, uh, God does the same thing, right? Does no. he though? Sometimes he misses things. <laughs> well, I was saw in the he comments doesn't give a shit. multiple watchers. <laughs> I really don't watching give a everything. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, multiple for you each know when you universe. play that clip of him saying that. I don't know like if him. it's a clip. Know, yeah, 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 I can't yeah. tell. That's how good our sound quality is. That's all. Mm. It means it's good sound quality. But yeah, the <laughs> last episode doesn't make any sense. Mm. They have to explain what's going on there. Do you think they will? I don't know. How do you explain that? I was like very. That's very confusing. When did that happen? Or are they just gonna like move on and just dismiss it? I they've think explained it's such a big plot hole. No, and like what? Yeah, they've. We literally, we literally just saw Uatu. F- interact with Ultron through multiple universes and then but the prior episode he had no idea that he was even showing up yeah did that, did that happen later it couldn't it makes no sense yeah makes I no couldn't sense. made my head hurt. there's a lot of hand waving going on in the Marvel universe yeah, look hurt. past yeah. this and we're just gonna go over here now yeah but overall uh fucking I this was a fucking solid episode like it had me the whole time it was fun to watch yeah and yeah. i am a uh, hyped geek boner for the finale the building i thought he would at least gather the the individuals this episode but no he's gonna have to go and get everyone and they're gonna have to resolve this whole fucking thing in 30 minutes will it happen i don't know it'll be a MacGuffin. i i did enjoy the episode overall the the plot hole or what happened at the end it's still you know obviously confusing i hope they explain that because it will really 
sour me on it if they're not able to explain what just happened there. But I am excited to see them take the characters from different episodes and potentially put them in a team to save the multiverse. So, and I like the I like I like Ultron as the yeah as the maybe the big bad of this episode or this series because he's kind of underutilized in his own movie. So that's right. And I love that the show has given us Killmonger back. It's given us another a, ba- a badder ass Ultron and all these versions of these villains, except for Thanos. They went the other way and completely nerfed him in like both they, episodes. Well, they nerfed him in one and then they made him like silly. And the they made him a dad. He was like, you're <laughs> the dad of the neighborhood hanging out. What was his whole thing? He kept saying, he's like, oh, but it's efficient. Oh, yes. Uh, That's genocide. No, yeah. it's nope. efficient. <laughs> it's <just> efficient. <laughs> he was like a suburban dad. He was. <laughs> just hanging out, taking care of his daughter. So, Well, next to Ultron, he seems like a nice guy. Yeah, really. Jesus, this Ultron is frightening. So I don't know how, if this gets resolved, okay, I would, maybe they can bring Ultron back in live action in some way after this. That would be kind of cool. Uh, I'd, l- I'd like to see a better, I'd like to see a more... Um, realized form of Ultron at some point. Well, in the Marvel Universe, the Ultron, they always stamp him out, but he always finds a way to come yep, back. Yep, yep, Because he's a, he's a code. You know, he yeah. can always hide somewhere and rebuild. It makes sense, actually, that he would always come back. Yeah. Imagine he was like, he stuck himself in a Tamagotchi. Yeah, he's just like an old Game Boy from like the <laughs> late 80s, Tamagotchi. early 90s. Just hiding out. He's like, I, I just uh, got my kid this like digital pet from a fucking garage sale. And then the, the and it starts to tell the kid <laughs> It's like starts to like tell the kid what to do. Kill your parents. Just, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember wanting to buy a Tamagotchi so bad. Then I got a Tamagotchi. Yeah, During oh, the day it was great. Like yeah. I, you know, let him sleep. Yeah. Gave him food. Yeah. You know, played with him. Then I put the th- then I went to sleep. Yeah. And that fucking thing was waking me up. Oh yeah, like, it's got to go out. It's got to eat. It's a baby. Two hours. Yeah, they got to eat and I was like, this is fucking bullshit. I never played with it again. I turned I took the fucking bullshit. battery out of it. I was like, I'm not playing with this goddamn thing. And that's when Buyer's An- remorse. That's when Anthony realized I will never have children. <laughs> <laughs> Knowingly. Knowingly. Fuck that. Knowingly. Not just you know. Um I thought Ross Marquand did a pretty good James Spader also. I thought so as well. You know, so it, well, he's, he's got a talent at doing voices. He is good. He did Hugo Weaving uh as Red Skull. Uh he's good at the voices, absolutely. He's not as good as Anthony, but he's Anthony getting can it. do all the voices. I can do all you the voices. You could have done Ultra. I could have. Listener, check out our T Public shop. We got a lot of great swag, t shirts, mugs, tote bags, pillows, all with our logo, new logo, old logo. We get Rug Boy's face. On your face and chest, there's face masks, always sales going on. It's at jockandnerd.com slash shop. Jockandnerd. Jockandnerd. Go there and buy. See, that sounded like the soundboard. That was Anthony. That's how good he is. Go there, buy some shit, send us a photo. We're going to take a break here, play some promos. Oh, and we're going to talk about Venom and Carnage and uh, a bunch of other things after this. Yes. It's going to be phenomenal. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. That is by far my favorite because it's also character driven and the stakes are high and there's much more of a mystery and intrigue to it. A game like Wolfenstein, which people are saying are one of the most socially important video games of the past 10 years. Catch our shows on radio worldwide seven days a week or at any time on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts or on over 30 more podcast outlets. Hey, this is Matt and Jesse. We host American Slacker Podcast. 
your weekly rundown for weird news, entertainment suggestions, and unique games. Every other week, we bring on guests from all walks of life, like comedian Mark Forward of Letterkenny. Yeah, we just call it tuna up here. We, we, we're pretty clear that it's a fish. And NYC stand-up powerhouse Ian Fidance. I want to fucking punch you in the fucking face with positivity and fun, motherfucker. Actor Brandon Crane of Stephen King's It. There's a lot of the work that I did, like Wonder Years to It. They were all very, you know, period, 50s, 60s, and, you know, chunks were all the rage. And Arthur Clown from Terrifier, David Howard Thornton. They also had to make a mold of my face while I was there, so that was kind of claustrophobic in itself. Musician Dan Simons of Just Surrender. First time ever going on a tour, you remember every stop. And Nick Thompson of Hit the Lights. All, all the stuff that I think that people go through through life, and it's just like my outlet for that. Watch the video version of American Slacker on our YouTube channel and listen to our show on your favorite podcast app. New episodes every Wednesday. Visit our website aspodcast.com for everything American Slacker. That's it. There you go. Listener, if you've been enjoying the show, uh, you know, for spread the geekery, spread the geekery. If you enjoy the show, show your support. Join our fan club. Visit jockernerd.com slash Patreon. Jockernerd.com. Yahoo. No, don't go to Yahoo. Jockernerd.com slash Patreon is where you can support us and everyone for as little as $3 a month support gets access to a bonus RSS podcast feed. Uh, all the shows come out early. Instant reactions come out there. Bonus content. We all put up instant reactions to Venom coming out of the movie. And that's funny. They were all kind of the same. We didn't know. Were they? they? I didn't listen to any one of those. I listened to all of them. We all kind of, without listening to anybody others, they're all kind of the same. It's great. I love when that happens. So fun stuff like that, right out of the theater, instant reactions. Also, Discord benefits for $5 a month and up patrons. We have access to our private Patreon-only Discord server where we're doing monthly hangouts where we just hang out and geek out and share videos, and it's a lot of fun. We bullshit, drink. We bullshit, we drink. You get to know us, we get to know you. I like hearing what everybody's listening, what everybody's into. October's hangout will be Thursday, October 21st, 8 p.m. Central. Anthony, write it down. Okay. There's a 50-50 chance he may show up, listener. Put your, uh, put so your, far, it's 33% chance. Okay, so put your bets in now. Uh, I'll let the bookie know. Okay. Uh, Thursday, October 21st, 8 p.m. Central. And then there's other fun things, like you could force us to watch any movie you want. Uh, sign up, support. We'd love to have your support. We appreciate everyone who has continued to support the show, jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Okay, let's get into the review. The other Marvel thing, this time it's Sony's, what do they call it now? Universe of Spider-Man characters or some bullshit. Sony Spider-Man Marvel Universe something. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what it's called. Of course, the movie is Venom Let There Be Carnage, uh, the sequel to 2018's Venom. And here are your spoiler alerts. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Of course, Venom originally created Marvel character created by David Michelini, Todd McFarlane, first appearance, Amazing Spider-Man, issue 299, 
1988, and I fucking bought that issue off the fucking rack. Oh, shit. I also own that issue. As a kid, I bought, that's who came out when I was buying them when I was young. So that's a, it's a good issue. It's a collector's issue. Uh, I was a little disappointed that neither David Michelini or Todd McFarlane get cameos in these movies. I think that's a missed opportunity. Lame. Oh, absolutely. Right? Why wouldn't you put Todd McFarlane in the Venom movie as like a fucking funny cameo? It would be great. Anyways, this movie. Would anyone re- recognize him? Uh, you, the minute he talks, you might hear him because he talks. Sounds like Kermit the Frog a little bit. Oh, does he? He does a little bit. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the hardcores would recognize. I would recognize sure, him. And I mean, it'd be a nice little. Like Easter egg, I wouldn't recognize yeah. David Michelini. I don't know what he looks like, but I would recognize Todd McFarlane. He could be like the new like uh, Stan Lee cameo. You could just do Todd everywhere. I don't know. Uh, the original release date of this movie, you guys, a year ago. <laughs> October Whoa. 2020. Oh, shit. Yes. So hopefully they use the time to brush up on the CGI. Maybe. On Rotten Tomatoes, this movie is at a nice 59% critics tomato meter. 5.5 out of 10. 85% audience score. The original rating 30%. So they, they're going up. <laughs> almost going up. Almost double. They almost doubled the last one. That's a thing. Uh, Budget-wise, here's where it gets fucking crazy. Uh, this movie was made for $110 million. Now, we didn't. We forgot to like do our opening pred- predictions last year, last week, as to like we usually do as to what this movie would have made. I'm glad we didn't do it because I think we all would have fucking underbid. This fucking movie opened to $90.1 million. Oh, shit. The fuck? What? The fuck! It is the best domestic opening at the box office in the pandemic, besting Black Widow, which opened at eighty million dollars, uh, and it also opened higher than the original Venom when there was no pandemic. That movie also opened at eighty million dollars. Holy shit! The original Venom op- it beat Shang Chi, right? It beat Shang Chi by Marvel's pissed right now. It beat Black Widow. Well, and we'll get into that. Yes, which is a reason maybe why something happens in the movie. So the original Venom movie opened at eighty million. That movie finished two hundred thirteen domestic, eight hundred fifty six million worldwide. This movie will probably smash those records. It's just, just what the fuck? Ninety million dollars. People really just wanted to see some big dumb shit. I guess they were just jumping for. Uh, cast wise, this one not directed by Ruben Fleischer, who did the first one. Andy Circus, mocap king. Your fucking Gollum and Caesar and King Kong uh, behind the camera directing. Written by, so the story is by Kelly Marcel and Tom Hardy. And then Kelly Marcel did the screenplay. So Tom Hardy had a hand in this. Tom Hardy, of course, starring as Eddie Brock. You got Woody Harrelson as Cletus. Michelle Williams returning as Anne Weying. Naomi Harris, new uh, to the cast as Francis Barrison. Reed Scott is Dr. Dan Lewis, uh, Anne's boyfriend. Uh, and then you have Stephen Graham playing Detective Mulligan and the wonderful Peggy Lou as Mrs. Chen almost steals her scenes in the movie. And then a bunch of other random people. I don't think uh, you got the rapper Little Sims. Anthony, you know Little Sims? You familiar with Little Sims? Who's that? It's a, it's a famous up and coming rapper. This girl, Little Sims, she was in the movie. She in the movie? Who she, she was in the yeah, movie. She's rapping. She was in the rape scene. She was rapping. 
Inventing oh, the microphone. Yeah. Oh, okay. Lil gotcha. Sims apparently. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the soundtrack later because there's some other interesting things. And yeah, Eminem's back. Yes, Eminem <laughs> might has another track on this uh, Venom soundtrack. <laughs> and there's a dude who has the best name in acting, Scroobius Pip, as Whoa. Siegfried. He's a uh, he's like a spoken word artist from England, uh, a poet and a hip hop artist. Scroobius Pip. Actually, I think I've heard him. He's a pretty good rapper. Hmm. Uh, hmm. Anyways. There's the fucking cast. Opening thoughts. Who wants to go first? Jesus, this movie. I don't even know where to start. Anthony, go. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> this movie's better than the first one. Okie dokie. In, in my opinion. Does that mean it's a good movie? <laughs> no, this isn't a good movie. <laughs> Lame. Uh, this movie is basically... Unlike the first one, the first one kind of has a like a lot of like weird plot issues, and this one's pretty bare bones. It's just straight to the point, and their point being they just want to try to make you laugh and look at big dumb shit the entire time. So in that sense, there is a lot of big dumb shit. It is very loud. It, it gets right to the point, so they accomplish all those goals. It's not that funny, unfortunately. There is some funny stuff, but overall the movie's kind of just silly. So yeah, I mean, the movie's really... We can get into it, but the the movie's really only worth watching if you're just a Marvel completist and you want to see what happens after the credits that's, roll. Yeah. That's really the only reason this movie is even relevant. Pretty much a 90-minute setup for a post-credit scene, yes. Yeah, I mean, other than that, unless you're, as John Campia had mentioned, unless you're like, and he loves this movie, which really makes me question Yeah, him. he um, likes this one, too. No, yeah. So, like, <laughs> if, unless you're, like, really a big fan of this itineration of how they're playing Venom with Tom Hardy, this is obviously just more of the same. I just, I can't get on board with this. First off, it's not Venom. And the movie just, it just is so stupid. It's just dumb. So, go <laughs> you guys can go ahead and we'll get into more of our thoughts. The later. only way that this movie is any better than the first one is that it's shorter. Right. Like, that's the only thing that's better. <laughs> I mean, we're getting exactly the same movie for the most part where Venom it has to fight another Venom. The only thing that's different is that they develop Woody Harrelson's character and that makes it a little bit more interesting. Like the fact that there's a uh, an antagonist with a story and that all that stuff. That's a- another thing that's better than the other movie. But everything else is just either on par or as the other movie. It doesn't really do anything better. Like, there's not maybe some of the stunt sequences are a little bit better. I don't know. I can't. I don't really don't give, didn't give a shit that much about it. <laughs> I really don't give a shit. Yeah, it was just, <laughs> like I was just like, is anybody even trying to make things make sense? Like, I'm like in one in one minute like venom is so fucking advanced that he can operate computers draw perfect pictures of things that he saw but then in like two seconds later he can't even make food like he's just making a mess everywhere like he's got no coordination and doesn't give a f- like i just don't understand like how they it, it's just all over the place and they don't even care to like rein it in or like even make it make sense or just pick something pick either he sucks at everything and can't do anything or he can do everything like which is it like i don't understand so yeah it was weird and then the whole thing with the sound yeah that was bothering me because uh venom is and all the symbiotes are sensitive to sound but yet there's like fucking deafening i, I went to see it in dolby yeah so the sound was cranked up to like fucking four thousand, and 
it was like booming sounds. And then like also the little alarm clock would go <laughs> off or a fucking little beeper from a, like, and then that would make venom go crazy. But like the, these fucking deafening gunshots and these deafening explosions do absolutely nothing. Sound and fire. Yeah, it was just weird. Yeah, you know what? I largely agree with everything you guys said. It was, uh, it's marginally better than the first one, like just a little bit. But again, it's silly. It's super light. Uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, at times, you think you're watching a cartoon. A lot of things don't make sense. That scene in the in the club is just fucking on the, cringeworthy. On the, but on the other hand, it has it has things that are really boring, and then it has things that are kind of fun moments. But there's nothing cohesive there. Like when he grabs that microphone and makes that speech, I was literally like almost gonna throw my shoe at the screen. <laughs> Dude, that was that was amazing. I that, was so cringeworthy. I was like, the, who's the douche? Who allowed this to be in this movie? It was Venom's coming out party at the rave, and everyone thought he had a costume. That almost ranks up there with the Tom Hardy sitting in the the tank eating lobsters. There really wasn't a quirky scene like that. That one was trying to be like that scene. But, okay, so I agree also, the runtime was a plus. It is, like, super messy. You're in and you're out before you even know what the fuck's going on. Well, it, it it's a plus. I'll agree it's a plus. But it also is a kind of a minus in that... The, I mean, you just run through everything. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it, the, the movie feels like it's on speed yes, the entire time. Yes, it's a crack movie. Yeah. But it also kind of reminded me of, like, uh, you know, the bad, like, 80s action movies. Like, it almost had, like, a breezy 80s. Like, it could have had, had, like, potential to do something, uh, but it didn't get it didn't get there. I, I don't think it, I, I would more compare it to an early 2000s. Okay. Uh, just like Venom, it's it feels like an early 2000s movie, early 2000s superhero movie where they were trying to figure out the tone of each character and how to make it distinct and how to make it palatable for a, a mainstream audience. So let's just, let's just try something. Right. And they're just like, we're, we're going to lean into this fact that Venom and, and uh, Eddie Brock are the odd couple. And we're just going to have them do this whole odd couple bit for two movies now. I mean, Sony is so fucking lazy that they copied their, 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 the outline of their plot for Spider-Man 2 for oh Sam God, Raimi and just I, put it I on this. I was going to say that. Why is this it's literally, beat it's for literally beat the same, the same movie? movie. Where he, yeah, where he, fought, he the villain is a creation of something that involves the main character. The The villain wants to like just have a friend wants to the the venom just like spider-man's it, he want they take off the suit he for gives a little up bit, his powers and and the suit like you know and then he realizes by the end that he needs the suit yep. and that they're, they're they're one in the same and they need each other i was like what the but fuck? every second superhero but movie it's a way worse version this. of sam rainey's movie superman 2 did the same thing or three or like every version every second movie the hero always loses their powers at some point Not, and gets no marvel None of the Marvel, I guess the Marvel MCU still, movies. but before they don't in the do old that. days, the older no, well, ones. Doesn't Thor not be worthy in the second one? Well, does he? No, no, no he's in the first one. That's pre the, that's MCU, one. this is what pre -MCU, that's all why the I'm saying sequels. It's an early two thousands movie, it, right? It is the sequel formula pre MCU. What you do? Villain loses his Superman powers, loses his powers yeah, in his second the movie. Same shit. So I think also this movie should these should be rated R. They can have a lot more yeah. fun. They can I, okay. Let's talk about Andy Serkis's directing because I'll give him credit. I, I give him a little bit of credit what? Here, for two things, minor things, <laughs> because I have a huge nitpick with him directing this. The two things I'll give him credit for is that he did lean into the wacky more the the scenes yeah. where Tom Hardy is talking to Venom 
that you know he's good with directing mocap and CGI. Give me a whole movie of Venom and Eddie just fucking walking around, going to the DMV, going picking up laundry, just doing mundane shit. I'll watch that shit all day, son. Oh shit! That's those were the best parts for me, and uh, the CGI mildly better, just a tiny bit. I wouldn't, uh, but. I don't know if I give credit to Andy Serkis for anything. I don't know, like I don't see anything he did to the movie that makes it better or worse. I mean, I I think it's just a terrible script. Yeah, and it's been edited to like minimize the damage of the fact that this there's nothing to this movie. The script and the dialogue is awful, and I was surprised at how actually faithfully to the tone of the first one this was. I was like, what did Andy Serkis do? Do you think this is just a paycheck movie and he's in and out? Because I don't see his fingerprints well, anywhere except for those two little things I mentioned. The only thing you can give it credit for is it just, like, the first one is just so bizarre. Like, the plot is so bad. Like, the first one, they have this symbiote killing everyone, yet that symbiote dies and another symbiote <laughs> takes six months to come yes. to America and is that actually the main villain? It's like, what? What? You had a symbiote that was killing everybody in the plain plot. Where this one is like, a little bit more streamlined, but it's just dumb. It's just a, it's just a dumb movie. I mean, there's a the, the one scene where I was like, oh my Let's god, talk about what's the going dumbest parts. Here? What's the dumbest parts for me? The dumbest part is Woody Harrelson as Carnage is has stolen this red car. Right, pulls up to a gas station, knocks the guy out, and then gets on the laptop and hook and and hacks the military base yeah. or the U.S. government's base. Yeah. And I'm like, there's so many weird things happening here. First off, if you needed to find a computer. Would the first place you go be a fucking gas station? <laughs> maybe this car, maybe this guy has a laptop in his How car. Does he, maybe I show up at a gas station and this guy happens to have a laptop. And then as Rugboy mentioned earlier, now the Venom powers are just like, they're, they're unexplainable. Like he can do anything. <laughs> He's an amazing artist. He can artist. do anything yes. and nothing at the and, same and time. And Eddie Brock is just horrible at his job and Venom is an incredible artist, has a great memory. Well, I mean, the fact that you can hack computers... From a laptop at a gas... What are you talking about I thought about also here? when Carnage... When Carnage does it too, he hacks a... I was like, oh, they can fucking... No, that's Carnage. I'm yeah. talking about... That's Carnage that does I was that, like, that oh, scene. they can fucking hack computers now? Apparently, that has happened in the comic book. So, the comic books sure, are really but just but it's still dumb. very stupid that he would find yes. a, a laptop at a gas station. Yeah, but in the comic books, uh, you know, Venom isn't a buffoon that's wrecking an apartment. Like, that's... That's an added thing that they, I mean, I don't it doesn't make sense. This, if you're a fan of the carnage from the 90s or whatever, like it, this doesn't translate well it, uh, from well, page I mean, to screen. I'll give him credit this. He looks like carnage. Yeah. But as bench, as you mentioned, he needs it needs to be rated R. I mean, he has his he's a serial killer and he all his weapons are like are piercing, stabbing weapons. Dude, there's no blood. And he's a psychopath. How many fucking bloodless decapitations are you going to do? They, they, was, they were biting people's heads off and nothing happened. The body just goes down. There's nothing anywhere. I'm like, this. what the fuck are you doing? This is ridiculous. Then, uh, okay, here's actually an example of bad writing. You have a character named Shriek who's in love. With, first off, I don't know why Woody Harrelson ages 50 years, <laughs> but then Shriek still looks exactly the same. But anyways... um. You have this character that her power is the scream, and you establish right away, you know, that Venom and Carnage are sensitive to sound. Carnage doesn't like this character, right? Yeah. He doesn't like Shriek yes. because of the sound. Yet, she factors really in 
no way. Like you would have thought, okay, they're building us up so that she has a change of heart and helps. No, Venom. you could take her out of the that whole. That doesn't movie. happen at all. Yeah. yeah, she did. Her, she does. She's actually pointless, Damn. and you don't really need no, her. No, there's the no movie. development. And is she, she says mutations. Is she a mutant? I thought it was interesting. She actually said the word mutation. She should have. She should have factored into the main how they take out Carnage. Yes. Yeah. If you're if you're going to establish that she has that power she's, and Carnage hates yes, her. Yes, she's the one that could actually turn and separate them two. Also, did you notice this is really a weird choice that Andy Circus made in, in in the flashback to the S Saint Estes Reform School where you see the young versions of Cletus and Shriek, but the the young guy playing Woody is they dubbed Woody's voice over the young guy because God forbid yeah, he sounds sound different. Weird. We're going to not understand that this is I just like why are you doing that? A lot of weird choices. Also, if you are allergic to sound, why the fuck do you keep going to churches? What the shit is this? There's bells in churches. That's always not going to work well, out. They were getting married, but yeah. They were getting married, but they always end up. <laughs> you know, the symbiote is something you kind of wear or it wears you. It covers you, but it's unclear in this and with Carnage and Cletus how much they actually just absorb each other and become he becomes Carnage because they're shooting at him and his body's separating. So there's no... Cletus there but then they separate it was confusing I don't know they didn't I thought he looked great at least he was red and you could tell it's it was still really dark and muddy his eyes look fucking cool I thought the eyes looked a lot better in these um yeah the tentacles were cool but Venom also has tentacles when he wants so it's not that different I just it's just a little too close in the comics it's fine I think because there's so much uh, other stuff going on in the comics all the time and there's like a new fucking comic every month but you get one every two or three years and then that's all you get it's it's just weird you know what i mean i don't know it's it's also a really tough like they made a big mistake in the first movie by having i believe it's toxin right no toxin is actually no gonna, what's the what's the uh, character was, uh, fights something it was with an r Riot. So Riot. It, it was a big mistake to make Riot the main villain in the first one because Riot also looks obviously even looks more like yeah, he's like he's just gray. gray. You can't tell what's so, going but, on. So then to like have the big build up in the second film be like, oh, Carnage is coming, but Carnage is also just another offshoot of the symbiote. Like you already saw him fight another symbiote. So, but he's a red one. They shouldn't. They should. Yeah, he's a red oh, one. Shit. They never yeah. explain what a red one that is. is different. A red like, one. Why is it more deadly? And, well, yeah. and, but he calls him father too. So maybe I don't know because it's red and it's I don't know. No, well, Carnage calls Venom right. father. There, yeah. it is a spawn kind of. Well, yeah, because he bit him. It's like a reverse fucking Peter Parker becoming Spider Man. <laughs> is he bites him and the guy biting him becomes the fucking thing. Right. Uh, it's just. I weird. just don't like Eddie as a character. That's just another thing yeah. that I really. Like, there's nothing to Eddie that I'm either sympathetic mm. about, mm. admire, or even understand how he even exists. Like, when in the Spider-Man universe, Eddie Brock is a photographer that, you know, or a reporter that works for the Bugle. And, you know, there's a dynamic between him and, and Peter Parker and Peter Parker yeah. and, and and all that other stuff. And that's why he's the perfect person for Venom to go to after he's rejected by Peter Parker. There's a Parker. great duality there and and especially when Peter realizes the Venom symbiote doesn't set his spider sense off. It's fucking frightening and the stakes are huge. Right. So in this case... None of that's there. <laughs> you, you, you So now you have 
both characters, both Venom and Eddie are completely weakened and there's no, I, I just don't understand this character. I don't understand. Is he a, re- a reporter? But he's, if he's a reporter, a reporter doesn't act like that. No, like, he never acts that, like a reporter. That's not like he's what just a, a reporter, shitty reporter though. He's just no, a fuck yeah. up. I don't know. No, he, I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you a lot on this. I'm completely agreement. Like, first off, Venom, this isn't Venom. It, it, Spider-Man, again, is very essential, that character. I've said that a couple times now, but the way that Tom Hardy is chosen to play, or either the script or Tom Hardy, it sounds like Tom it's Hardy. It's a lot of Tom Hardy. It's chosen to play Eddie. It just, it's just not, it does, it's, it's incongruent with what you think a reporter, a responsible reporter would be. <laughs> yes. Like, this is a reporter that, or like, even is writing. even somebody that would date Michelle Williams. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> this is a guy that's writing, like, front page stuff, yeah. and, like, but he's from, he has a New York like kind of accent in San, in Francisco. San Francisco, but he's a, like you can like if you look at that guy, you're like that guy. I could smell that guy from a mile away. Like, and he is yeah. nothing like he's nothing redeeming about him. He doesn't want to use his powers to save anyone. He doesn't care to to like use the the, the responsibilities that he has. He stops with this venom. venom from eating people mostly. Well, yeah, but but he's also and he, but it's like this guy is not like I don't want him to get the girl. I yeah, don't. Yeah. I don't like want. I wouldn't want to be that guy's friend. He seems like a ho- or like a horrible like fuck up. Yeah. He does. There's the only like redeeming thing is like I yeah, I guess he like stops venom from eating people's heads, but like he just doesn't. That doesn't seem like the type of guy that would be have that kind of job and like someone you want to root for. He, sh- he stopped venom from eating Mrs. Chen. That would have been bad. Like. If I were to write Eddie Brock in this universe, I would have made him a paparazzi. I would make him this like kind of aggressive paparazzi scumbag, but like he he profited like a lot from being a scumbag. And then Venom is also like this uh this evil force. But then maybe that having like this big dose of evil force heaped onto him already makes him second guess himself. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa, I'm going. I ha- now like I was just a scumbag with a camera, but now I'm a scumbag with this thing that could kill Power. people, mm. you know, mm. and like maybe I should start to fucking get control over my life and stop, uh. you know, and have a moral uh, thing. But that, there's none of that here. There's just nothing there that like is. And no, this is not the movie for it, maybe because it's a comedy. And, you know, when, remember, my rule of comedy is fuck everything <laughs> that makes sense in comedy because we're going to go for a laugh. And that's just the cheapest way to do something but whatever do we think the Topher grace eddie brock is a more it's more faithful i think well i don't know what sam raimi was smoking or <laughs> or the p- executives at sony were smoking when they allowed that script to go through because yeah. it was there was literally like it was so rushed that character development yeah. but at least like the underpinnings were there right. like he wanted to work for the bugle he hated peter uh, and peter Spider-Man. parker disgraced him mm. and then all of a sudden the next minute Peter Parker's ripping off the thing and he's been, yep. it's just way too convenient. So I, look, um, let me, let me, let me actually add on to that. I think it would help. I, I, I like rugs where rugs is going with that. I think it also would help if the venom symbiote, similar to the comics, like, okay, Eddie Brock is really down on his luck. He's like kind of angry about the way his life has gone. Like, yeah. you know, he's a, he's been fired from his job. Doesn't get the girl. He's, He's in a shitty situation, even though he's living in like a, an apartment that's probably like four grand a month in San Francisco. Oh, but easily, yeah. But whatever. Um, I guess he, you know, I guess he's. I don't know how he's making money, but let's say like because of all these things, and then he gets the Venom symbiote. His 
like underlying anger that he never deals with comes out through venom ah. and he has to deal with like his anger issues as a human otherwise he's never going to be able to control the venom symbiote like when he hulk. has it on sort of like hulk yeah, yeah. sort of yeah. like hulk but not yeah. you know not someone that's running away from like the problem he like i think he would enjoy like being venom like i think it, it, he gets to let out all that anger he just has to point it in the right direction right. similar i guess to hulk but he needs to like control like he can't get too fucking crazy because that that means his inner turmoil is you know unchecked so like he has to basically like find that balance of like dealing with his real world shit so that he can deal with being venom i also liked in the comics how he would never like kill innocent people uh, he would kill people, but only if they deserved it. And he kind of had some. There's, kind yeah, of there's just none of that. So I'll just t- none of I can that tell here. you two things about Tom Hardy in this movie is a he was having a fucking blast playing this character. He does the voice of Venom too, uh, and B the directors clearly they just let Tom Hardy do whatever the fuck Tom Hardy wants. I don't think anybody is telling him to dial it back. Do you like Hardy as Eddie Brock? I, as this like weird, I, it's not Eddie Brock, but as this weird character, whatever he is, it's enjoyable to watch him bicker with himself. You know how he shot the scenes where he's talking to himself? He has an earpiece where he has them playing back the vo- the lines he recorded so he can answer back. But it's just so funny how in the movie he's just like talking to himself in front of people and nobody says anything. And it's just, you know, it's not weird at all. I, I don't like it at all. I don't. I, I don't. <laughs> I, I laughed the one time when he walked in and said, you suck at, to the lady. <laughs> yeah. But to me, he's just, he, it's a guy playing a, a part. I don't, I don't, I don't see him immersed as Venom. I see a guy that's just having fun. He's just having doing fun. A voice. Yeah. That's kind of what is going on. Okay. Let me tell you real quick. My favorite parts of the movie. What, one part I thought was really nice was the animated backstory of Cletus. And you see how fucking crazy he was as a kid. He pushes his what his mom down. No, he pushes his grandmother down the stairs. He and, electrifies. But then his they mom. tried to redeem his character by saying he was abused, and that oh, was like some but, kind of justification. But that was also that's from the comics too, though. That's right. That's straight from the comics. Right. I just like that they use that like uh, little animation. Uh, the animation was, cool, was, right? yeah, it was different. Animation yeah. was cool. I did like the Venom goes to a rave scene. It was fucking batshit wacky. I wanted it to be even wackier more wacky uh and then the fuck this guy was the best line of the evening when does he say that again so it's at the very end so i remember at the very end after the the last fight at the fucking church isn't even that great they kind of fight uh he he defeats carnage and then he eats carnage that's also from the comic books he eats what's remaining of the symbiote and then cassidy is like we could be friends. We could do this together. Come on. And then he just bites his, and he goes, fuck this guy. And he bites his head off and there's no blood. Mm. That had uh, the biggest laugh in uh, the theater. I got to tell you about my theater experience. First of all, full theater. Holy uh, shit. Let me, let me get into mine too after you're done. It was a fucking packed theater. I had two fucking 14 year old kids sitting next to me, Rug, similar to your last experience. Oh my These God. These fucking kids wouldn't shut the fuck up. During the trailers, during the beginning of the movie, the one kid got up and went to the bathroom like three times. I don't even think they were watching the movie, or for the most part. Uh, but the, and I was gonna say some people were like, "Shh," but the movie was so shitty, it was actually a little more entertaining than what was happening on screen. Uh, and the kid gets the biggest laugh of the movie. The scene where Michelle Williams is talking dirty to Mrs. Chen when Venom is in Mrs. Chen. And she's like, oh, Venom, you big boy, you're going to come out. 
the kid, I forgot what the kid goes. He goes, oh boy, here we go. And everybody started laughing. That was the biggest laugh of the movie. It was this fucking annoying kid next to me. But it is like a movie where you don't really have to pay attention. Like if you were drunk and had a couple of beers, you'd, this movie, you'd have a blast. <laughs> you don't have to pay attention to this movie to enjoy it. I was very surprised at my Thursday night showing at 845 to see a packed theater. Wow, like, on Thursday. Wow. Wow. But looking at the box, so this it made first $90 movie, million. Dollars. The first movie made 856 It's from yeah. its first run. So there's definitely a, a, an audience for this that enjoys it. Not as bad as you, not at all as bad, but we did have like a, maybe like a 30-year-old woman next to us that uh. thought, legitimately thought every scene was funny. So oh, she was God. like laughing at oh, all the jokes. No. And I was like, some of these jokes are not lame. Damn, Why are oh. you laughing? <laughs> Oh no! You know what? I would, the, the humor. You're absolutely right. The, none of the jokes landed. Like maybe one or two, and then when we get to the post credit scene, that was the biggest reaction out of the audience. I was surprised that these jokes were so cringeworthy and bad. None of the humor landed at all. No, I was in the theater. If not, not was not funny, and nobody laughed. But not funny. I was in a theater with a lot of people. It was packed, and a lot of people were not wearing masks. Yeah, and I was like, "Okay, whatever, that's cool." But then the movie ended, and he, the guy next to me, said to his girlfriend, "That was awesome." I'm like, <laughs> "Okay, all right, we know what we're dealing with here. What? Not too bright, <laughs> you know." So I'm like, "This guy should have a fucking symbiote." This is um, one of the cases where I think the first one and now this one, it's just I think there's a disconnect. I think. We clearly don't like it, but I think a lot of people do fucking yeah. lap no, this up. If that first movie made eight fifty six, this movie couldn't possibly get close to that and make a billion dollars. Can, can I can I use the spoiler right now? Uh yeah, here you go. Spoiler alert. I, I think it's very um I think it's very not curious. I think it's it's I think because there's this is the movie that's lapping it up and people are loving it or loving for whatever reason. I think this is why that is why that this they make the MCU tease in this film. All right, let's just get to the fucking post credit scene, which again, which the, is I'll, really the only reason this people is should the watch the only this movie. reason to watch. It's the most interesting thing. It's the only thing I was fucking waiting for. What are you going to do? What's going to happen? You kind of spoiled it by for us. Did I? I don't uh, know. You, well, not spoil it, but you were like, "There's going to be an MCU tie." I, I well, they were, but they. I don't know. I was. I didn't know anything. I was just speculating. It's what I wanted, and I got what I wanted. So the movie ends with Eddie and Venom on the run as fugitives. They end up. I thought it was great. They're relaxing on the beach, just hanging out, look at the sunset. That's a lot like the comic book too, where he thought he killed Spider Man. He ended up hanging up on the beach. So the post credit scene starts. He's it. He's watching a telenovela. He's in a shitty. Uh, Mexican hotel room, I guess, because they're in Mexico. Really crappy hotel room. Venom is talking to Eddie, and he goes, he says something like 80 billion light years of hive mind knowledge, Eddie. It would blow your mind. And he's about to show Eddie a little bit of this hive mind Venom uh, universe, the Venom uh, home world. And at that moment, there is uh, the screen. The screen on the TV starts to flicker. There is a gold light bathing the screen. It flashes gold. The whole fucking room changes like in WandaVision to a really nice hotel resort room with a folded swan towel that freaks Venom out. He's like, oh, what is that? It's a towel. And then what's on the screen is the fucking J. Jonah Jameson. J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson telling the world Peter Parker is Spider-Man and Venom sees the picture of Tom Holland with in the Spider-Man suit with his mask off and he just goes that guy 
and licks the fucking screen. Oh shit! For no, no, no reason. So, reason. Well, first of all, how? Why does he recognize him? And second of all, holy shit! Venom is in the fucking MCU. Geek boner. What the fuck? So, the fuck? It's curious that they say hive mind, and then all of a sudden they face into this thing. So maybe in some multiverse somewhere. A Venom recognizes this Spider-Man. Well, they, and the- they also say, when he says that, hive, they say universes, hive mind across universes. Is it possible that the thing that Venom was trying to do triggered this? And this happens at the same time where Doctor Strange does the spell. It, it, it sucks him in and disturbs things. And the symbiotes can actually exist through the multiverse. I don't know how else... Well, okay, so if Topher Grace yes, Venom, that Venom exists, still counts. Yes. so he knows what Spider-Man is. He recognizes so the Spider-Man. So then the hive mind would know. Holy suit. shit. So when he sees the suit, maybe he recognizes the because suit. Because all the symbiotes then, share a collective knowledge. I don't know. See, it kind of cheapens the whole fucking thing for me. <laughs> yeah. Because I think one of the great things about Venom is that Spider-Man goes and gets the suit from Secret Wars yes. and then they have a bond it bonds to him yes and everything is spider related and spider designed because of Spider-Man the symbiote is a scorned lover essentially to Peter Parker so everything is related to Spider-Man yeah. like venom the way he looks yep. the way he has the the eyes white like that and now they just made it like there's an alien race that all looks like that for no apparent reason. And I was, they don't even like climb walls like Spider-Man. They were just like grabbing. There's no webs. It's weird. But now there's what now there seems to be some kind of big connection to Spider-Man. And like, okay, did you notice when uh, that scene when Anne was falling? They did the they kind of did like a Gwen Stacy thing where it's a reflection in his eye and she's falling. There was a lot of nods to like the Sony Spider-Man universe. Anthony, what are your thoughts on this fucking credit scene? Oh man, I mean. Do I first off? Do I even want this Venom in the MCU? I, I, I my initial thought was no. Like I, I don't <laughs> really want, I don't want these Venom films to be canon to to what you know. We we some we have our criticisms of the MCU, but I generally really enjoy the MCU. I think they've done a really good job overall. And like these Venom films are not even fucking close. Like Fuck these show. Venom films are, are clearly the worst. If you're going to include these now in canon, yeah. And secondly, at, as Rugs mentioned. Like, there's no connect. Like, people want to see Venom and, and Tom Holland together, but there's no real connection there. Like, what can you imagine? Like, again, Tom Hardy's character Eddie Brock. Can you imagine that guy? Like, having anything to do with a seventeen year old Peter Parker? Like, those two characters, the way they're they're portrayed right now. Yeah, they don't they don't give a fuck about each other. Those guys don't care about each other, and then. Thirdly, tonally, like the version of Ven- the, the the way the tone is of these Venom films does not match anything. Mar- oh, no. Even, you know, Marvel can be jokey, but yeah. this not at all a match. Like there's so many incongruent things that are trying to mismatch together. Yeah. Like what the fuck? <laughs> this could be messy. <laughs> I'll tell you what they have in common. Both now this Tom Holland, this Eddie are both like on the run. They're fugitives. They're trying to hide. Everybody knows their shit. Everybody's trying to get. They may connect. There's going to be a team up. I think Venom is going to show up in Spider-Man: No Way Home. Of course, that's uh, that's. uh, But I'm saying, like, can you imagine those two guys together on screen? Like the way they've portrayed both of those characters, and the way they and the ends with Venom like licking the screen. It's like, 
Why? You got like, like this milk toast Disney Spider Man and this just wacky fucking bizarre Venom over here. This is gonna be interesting. And again, like they don't. There's no connection there. Like that, unless unless the Topher Grace thing, I guess I could see. But that's man, how that's he knows. That has to be how he knows Venom Hive Mind. That Venom exists. This Venom if exists. There's a Venom Hive Mind that that can reach across universes. Then that's got to be it. Then, but then that's a whole thing. Is the whole reason why. Um, Venom is special, or or Peter Parker is, spa- is special to Venom is because of their bond. And when you have a million Venoms out there in the universe, like, th- why would that particular Venom from a different universe even give a fuck? Like, I don't get it. I just don't and, get and, it. Like, and, the, and again, they're they're making like the symbiote like extremely powerful because he the line he says is like basically I can show you what 80 million light years of multiverse yeah. knowledge yeah. is. Yeah. And like, yeah. if I showed it to you all at once, it would explode your yeah. brain. Yeah. So like, again, with like the, the hacking of the systems and all that, like the, I don't, I mean, I, I haven't read a ton of symbiote comics. Like I don't, I don't haven't read like everything, but is, are they that powerful? Like they, that they can fucking jump multiverses and do all these weird tricks. And like, probably sure. because the state of comics is such garbage now oh, yeah. that they just literally do anything yeah. and nothing matters anymore. But and and even probably in the nineties, the writing was terrible. I was saying that in my instant review. I'm like, the comics in the nineties were so terrible. We shouldn't be making movies about and, them. No, you're absolutely right. Those books were so <laughs> over the top and like, uh, just you can't translate that. It worked only at the time in, time. in the moment. Yes, and then. But it very quickly burned itself out because it was the same shit. Like the same people who tell me that, like, oh, comics now are better than ever and then the 90s suck are the same people that are like, I love this movie. <laughs> I'm like, okay, like, do you understand? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> okay, so wait, let's go back to business wise. Why? What do we think about this move? They saw how Venom, the first one, made a lot of money. This one's going to make a lot of money. I Well, I think, I think. The, the Venom is a popular character, whether we like it or not. He was popular before the movies. It seems like he's more popular now, which is insane um, because this is not Venom. But I think if this is more a. I think this is more Sony eventually pulling Tom uh, Tom Holland out of the MCU and putting him into the Spider their Spider Verse. So I think I don't think we're gonna see like Venom and Morbius and all those characters show up. I think we're only going to see them maybe in No Way Home, but I don't think you'll see Venom in like a a Shang Chi or, or a Captain America. Like no, I don't but, think we're going to see that interaction. Okay, but we might see Venom join like that Sinister Six they're setting right. up possibly in the Sony side. So yeah, this Tom Holland deal is going to expire, you know. And uh, I wonder how Feige felt about doing all this. And is it a concession, you know, letting them do this, or is he trying to sweeten the deal? Like, hey, maybe. Uh, who needs Spider-Man more at this point? I don't know. He probably doesn't want, doesn't need Spider-Man. Yeah, I think, I think overall Marvel's the Kevin Feige's, you know, MCU, uh, Marvel Studios. I think they've got so many projects on their plate that they're like, we don't need, you know, we we've run our course with Tom Holland, Spider-Man. We like, we've got Shang Chi, Eternals. You know, you name it. They've got X Men eventually, Fantastic Four. There is an article out there that the lady says that the, uh, the Marvel is currently working on thirty-one projects. Oh shit! And that's including everything we know that's coming, and then more to thirty-one. Well, They're working and on. And if you think about it, think about it business-wise, they can it's continue to invest in Spider-Man and make Sony money. 
and they take a little bit, right? Or they can continue to invest in the characters they have the full rights to, and just pocket all that money. Oh, Tom Holland is going back to Sony. They're gonna fucking get, like, take them. We're done with them. Look at the look at the cachet that the more that us uh, the Spider Man universe has. Like this piece of shit movie is ninety million breaking dollars, breaking records now. Unbelievable, right? Um, so there is a lot of value to these characters and just the name recognition and, you know, the fact that they are main villains in Spider-Man's, you know, rogues gallery, it, you know, it, it does bring in the, the asses to the seats and people are interested in these characters. So I don't know if Kevin Feige doesn't want to deal with it. It, it just, he's just, it's out of his hands. Yeah. And now like, him. yeah, he can't, he can't finagle this. And what Sony wants um, to do forever. is going to get so messy that he'd probably, if I was him, I'd be like, you know what? We just, you could just do your thing. This is fucking messy over here. No, but that's Sony's plan. Yeah. Sony's plan is like, th- they still have something that's a gold mining. So they're, they're not, not going to go. like letting, letting it go. Yeah. They're letting, they're seeing, they let Marvel like kind of put a little bit of shine on it to get the interest back because amazing Spider-Man, you know, wasn't to everyone's liking. Cause you know, that whole second movie was just dog shit. And, um, so they like, okay, you can spit shine this and get this back up and everybody will like it again. And then we'll fucking take the reins from here. It's a good plan. And so that's what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, for Sony, it was good. It's a good, it's obviously working, right? With the Venom movies, they're making dog shit Venom movies that are making a ton of money. Into, Into the Spider-Verse was good. I think that did really well. And, and they clearly, as much as, you know, a lot of people are, as much as generally this podcast doesn't like Tom Holland, it seems like a lot of people really love Tom Holland as Spider-Man. So if they can get him back, yeah. you know, now they have their, they have their little Spider-Verse that they always wanted and they let Marvel kind of grease the wheels a little bit for them. Oh my God. Maybe then Spider-Man can have some edge then finally, if it's just Sony. Maybe they'll let them punch some people, actually. But, but, but do you like their version? I mean, this Venom no, is their version of know. Edge right now. I know. So that's I, not a that's great version thing, of Edge. I don't, I, See, like, this is the thing with Venom, and I think the reason why it's popular is, number one, it's ancillary to Spider-Man, so it has all of that cachet. But it also, uh, Sony likes to make fun movies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was a little cringeworthy where they had to have this like uh, announcement in the fucking club that was just like very, very heavy handed and ridiculous. But for the most part, they're just trying to have fun and make a fun movie, even though it makes no sense and is stupid. And um, so I think people will want to have fun. I, my desire to have fun is always comes in hand with, you know, wanting to be impressed with, good writing and good storytelling and good characters. But for some people, they just want to see shit fucking explode and loud sounds and, and, uh, CGI, you know, vomiting all over the screen. So, you know, um, I forgot what my point was, but (laughs) the, the thing is, is that Sony, Sony can just do this for for however much they want with Spider-Man and they don't have to worry about it. They're just keep going to keep printing money. Sony is so hit or miss that, it could be something great when Tom Holland gets over there. Or it could be a complete disaster. I don't know until they fucking do it. It could go either I mean, way. Imran, do you think you'll see Venom and stuff other than No Way Home? No. Uh, you know, with Marvel. No. I'm no. There's no reason for him to be anywhere else. Yeah. So, like, Tom Holland's going to go over to Sony, right? Yeah. That's everybody's prediction. Well, no, he's with Sony. You mean go to the, you go join, be in No Way Home? 
In No Way Home, he's oh, going to oh, end Tom up. Tom Holland. Yeah. In the you mean he's? I was. I'm sorry. You mean I, you? <laughs> you mean Tom Holland's going to start being like the Spider-Man Sony verse? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So he's coming over. Everybody's in agreement that that's, that's going to happen. That's probably what's going to happen in No Way Home. They're going to do some finagling with this like uh, multiverse to kind of like smash a bunch of things that have already been established. And now there's going to be a new normal. I don't know how that's going to all shake out. It'll be interesting to see what. It's kind of it's kind of like a weird like. Frankenstein yeah. is yeah. going to be the, the re- end result of this. It's like you're going to have the popular Spider-Man from the actor. You're going to have this. I don't know what universe they're going to be, be using. Weird. It'll be a new universe where J. Jonah Jameson is bald. And um, you're going to maybe you'll get William Defoe in there. Or, or well, who knows? Yeah. You, you have Doc Ock that's already like all of the things that were home runs. They're going to put back in. So is the Venom universe, the Raimi universe, the, the newspaper has the Daily Bugle masthead. Also quaint that people still read newspapers in this fucking universe. Who's reading newspapers? You know, it's what's interesting, too, is they're they're mashing as rugs and they're mashing everyone, everything together. But a big part of Spider-Man's character is his relationship with his villains. And it's like. Well, if you're gonna have Tom Holland be the Spider-Man, but yet he's facing off against like Alfred Molina, Doc Ock, right. and Venom, oh, and right. uh, like he has no relationship with those Ven- those villains. Unless, it's just like mm. we hate you because you are a version of a Spider-Man that we hated in our own universe. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not gonna make sense unless they explain that somehow. Just evil now for the sake of being evil. Yeah, it ruins the whole. All of the Spider-Man's best villains have a personal connection. That's the beauty of it. Speaking of hating, the character of Detective Mulligan, who shoots oh, her, yeah, and the then uh, are we? Are you supposed to like this guy? Because I hated him and I wanted him to get eaten the whole time. I was rooting for him <laughs> to get eaten, but he will be. The, did you notice that little scene where? Uh, his eyes glowed after uh, Carnage dropped him. Yeah, the, uh, my audience was, I was sitting there because I didn't know what he's supposed to be. Uh, me and the audience were very confused. So in the comics, this actually happens. Detective Mulligan shoots Shriek in the eye, same way, and a spawn of Carnage attaches himself to Mulligan, and he becomes Toxin, mm. the symbiote known as. So that's probably going to be in the third movie. Where Detective Mulligan is now Toxin, and he's now no more, no more, no more symbiotes. I'm done with symbiotes. <laughs> I mean, what else are you gonna do for a Venom movie? It's all about fucking symbiotes. I want to see the symbiotes have a breakdancing competition. I think that would be fantastic. Can we do that? Come on. Yeah, symbiote stuff. <laughs> it was it was played out in the fucking nineties when there were seventeen books about symbiotes, and same thing is gonna happen here. What's what's not? I guess sad isn't the word, but what's disappointing for me is I obviously grew up in the 90s i always really liked venom and carnage i thought they were super cool characters again i was a little fucking kid so i didn't know any better but to see them realized on screen and to not be happy that i'm seeing them on screen i was like ah it's a big part of my childhood that they're just they're not getting right for me i mean they look okay at least they look cool the 90s animated cartoon had much better versions of both of these characters you can watch on disney plus there's a really good episodes uh so uh uh the other, we've gotten two itinerations of venom and they've both sucked then, yes opinion. they're yes no you're absolutely right the other part i did thought was kind of fun was when venom was jumping from body to body like that's fun thing you can do because what in pg-13 you don't realize everybody he jumps to they, they're dead after he fucking leaves i believe so he's just yeah i think they are like left for dead he's just killing people left to right yeah they, they can't handle him oh no, yeah because yeah 
Tom Hardy Why was can't the only match. Him? Remember? Oh, that's right. Because in the first one, they were experimenting, and a lot of people were dying. Yeah, and only Tom Hardy for some oh, reason. Oh, well, whatever. Tom Hardy because he's a loser. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, and Eddie was a loser on my yeah. planet. I'm a loser, Eddie. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Who cares? The less you pay attention to this movie, the more you're going to enjoy it. Honestly, I, I honestly cannot believe that this is canon to the MCU. <laughs> he is in the fucking MCU. That is the fucking craziest. Oh shit! That was crazy. And that yeah, people were like, "Oh shit, it's happening." You know what? This movie didn't even need Carnage. Like again, take out Carnage. Just show me them hanging out, just doing shit. I love that. That's what I'll watch. I I, I made a comment to my friends that was like, I mean, I guess we kind of explained it a little. But at the time when I saw that scene at the end, I was like, they don't even like they don't even care to explain how he just came over to the MCU. Yeah. They're just like, we're going to fuzz the screen a little bit. Oh, now he's here. And it's going, oh, okay, maybe cool. they'll explain it in the Spider-Man or Doctor Strange movie. Perhaps yeah. they're leaving it open. But yeah, they just fucking sucked him in. Holy shit. They literally were just like, OK, we're going to change the background. And now he's in the MCU. I thought it would have okay. been the other way around where Spider-Man would have ended up there, but they did it the other way. So. It could have been written so much better. It could have been better. It was fucking, the whole thing was messy. Anyways, all right, let's rate it, rank it. I think this should be pretty easy. Anthony, give me a number. And, uh, uh yeah. I got, I'm going to go four and a half. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, shit. Ray, what am I ranking it? Uh, against the first movie. I think we all I think said it's the, better than the first Yeah, we all one. said the same thing. It's just a tiny bit, little bit. Rugs. But they're, they're the same movie. Yeah, they, yeah. Woody Harrelson makes this better than the first movie. And that's basically it. Um, I liked the kind of uh, the, the, the Eddie stuff with Venom in the first movie more than in this mm. one. Uh, because it was like he, they, it was getting to know each other, and it was kind of like you know, it was new and novel. The, it, now it was old hat, and it was just like the same jokes repeating over and over again, and not, they never grew. You'd figure that they'd progress as characters, so that anyhow, so that was my big problem with this movie, other than a million other ones. But <laughs> the fact that Woody's in it makes it better because it's better villain, and that adds to a story. Um, I would also say four point five. Oh shit! Okay. Uh, if you liked Woody in this movie, he is playing a one-dimensional version of a better character named Mickey from Natural Born Killers, directed That's by right. Oliver Stone. Watch that shit. Uh, Woody does that well, but the, in this one, he's just one-dimensional. Like, why did he? Why was Cletus so mad at Eddie? Why did the carnage- I didn't even understand why he wanted to be? No. Why he chose Eddie to be his friend? I, like he's like, I just wanted you to be my friend. Uh because he thought why I don't know. Because why he felt? Go, think about that it for was a second. Because so poorly. Well, they were, think about was, this just real quick. Yeah. No, no. Think about this real quick. He has no idea that Eddie Brock is Venom. The right. world doesn't know that Eddie right. Brock is Venom. Nobody knows. Eddie Brock by the end of the first movie or in the first movie loses his fucking job. He's a loser reporter. Yeah. So why would he? Why would even? Why would Cletus Cassidy even know that Eddie Brock existed? Well, so apparently he had been doing a series of articles and they had had several interviews with Cletus already. No, but why would he? The initial interview. Because the initial interview is literally the end of the tag scene at the end of Venom is him doing the initial interview. Oh, yeah. That's right. Why? why He's like, he's only going to talk to you. Yeah, I don't understand. He's not a successful reporter. He's not. He's nothing. Also, the other funny part was for a second, after he breaks the story and Venom gets him to figure out where all the bodies are buried, apparently his status goes up and he's like a hotshot reporter again. But you don't really get anything like that. The weird Easter egg is that 
The lion's jacket that he's wearing and the t-shirt underneath, if you notice, it's the exact same outfit Eddie Murphy wore in Beverly Hills Cop. It's very strange. Mm. I don't know why he did that. It's the same fucking thing. I shout out to that. Um, okay, Rugs, you said four and a half, and it's better than the first movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna be a little bit more generous. I will give it a six. The first one's like a five and a half. This one is six. Marginally better. But they're essentially the same fucking shitty movie. Yes. Only now there is an important post credit scene making this movie more important than it deserves. So there you go. Wow. All right. Let's do some news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. We had some comments about uh, this movie when I posted a spoiler thread, a spoiler thread on Jock and Nerd Nation. So uh, definitely join to spoil shit right as it comes out in that thread. Wade Wilson, old Deadpool himself, checking in. He says, spoiler, the first one sucked. This one is going to suck. And I don't even think he had seen the movie, but he nailed it. So it's amazing. Uh, John Bellotti Jr., our admin of the Facebook group, says, I think Carnage is in this one. He would be correct. <laughs> Jose Ibarra says, this film has Regal $5 Tuesday written all over it. I'll check back in on Tuesday. Uh, yeah, don't pay more than five bucks for this movie. Jose Joel Cazares says this movie is five out of ten at best. But that mid credit scene, though, it's happening. Geek boner. Best part of the movie. Blake Braden gives us a little bit of his theater experience. Also, he says theater was full. Pretty sure no one actually gave a shit about this movie. They paid nine bucks to see a two minute end credit scene. LOL. Oh, shit. After seeing this movie, I'm convinced reviewers or Rotten Tomatoes are being lenient on films because they want ratings to be higher. So people will go back to the theaters. This movie shouldn't sniff 25 percent. Absolutely. On the Rotten Tomatoes. Glenn Smith just wrote, fuck this guy. It's the best line. Uh, Ricky Martinez says Woody and Naomi's dialogue was horrible. Movie so bad, even Anthony won't shove it up his ass. I stick it up my asshole. No, he won't. <laughs> he won't. See, that's where I was going to play that clip. It's perfectly mm. teed up there. Uh, Jamie Robinson, who is Mr. Throwback Thursday on the Mr. Throwback Thursday podcast. He, they talk about old school hip hop. Great show. He goes, look, it's a Sony film. If you're going in expecting an MCU quality film, you should slap yourself. That being said, it was entertaining in parts and boring in others, just like any Captain America film. Oh, shit. Whoa. I have Regal Unlimited, so I didn't pay to see it. But at the end of the film, I was more entertained than bored. Plus, Tom Hardy is a Czarface fan and called ESO directly to get them to do two songs for the film. So that is a bonus in my book. So uh, Czarface is this rapper he turned me on to. He's actually pretty cool, like current rapper. And they do have a song called, uh, what's this called? The Good Guys, Bad Guys, and today's special. Uh, it's streaming on Spotify. And, yeah, apparently Eminem's doing, I haven't heard the Eminem track. I don't know if it's they out played yet. it at the end the credits. Oh, that was the end credits song? Yeah. It's not bad. It wasn't it's bad. Right. I'm surprised Eminem is so looped yeah. in with, Emin with Venom. I don't know. He must really love fucking Venom. He did yeah. one for the first movie. And, 
Speaking of Eminem, how about that fucking Super Bowl fucking lineup? This is a show right here. Now you're talking. Yeah, I'm sure you're pretty happy, right? Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar. Did I miss anybody? Kendrick Lamar, that, too. Yeah, and Kendrick Lamar. But I, look, I can't wait for this. This is amazing. My only question is, none of them have put out music in a while. What the fuck are they promoting? Is it just going to be medleys? Is Eminem going to do the Venom song? Do the, no, don't do the Venom song. Do the all your greatest <laughs> hits. Yes, if you do the greatest hits, it'd be fuck. Oh my god, geek boner! I can't wait for that. That's fucking dope. Yeah, I, I'm actually <laughs> very surprised. Not to take this too off track, that the NFL because they've for a while they've been going with like very conservative, yeah, um, artists. Although two years ago they did J Lo and Shakira, which was a little different for them. They did Beyonce. Yeah, didn't they did they? Beyonce. You're right. It was right after. Actually, I'm I'm thinking about the time right after Janet Jackson. The Janet Jackson. They, went, they did like yeah, a tour yeah. of like really yeah. old, like U two. I was like, oh my god, these these halftime shows are yeah, really like bad. We can't have any boobs. Well, popping they're kind out. of pulling at the old timers here. I mean, it's what's Snoop in L A. And oh, the, the, the Super Bowl's in L A. This year. Yeah. So you're doing a West Coast thing. Oh, I get it. It's like but Snoop like, and Dr. Dre are like the kings of the West yeah, Coast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Eminem's one of the guys. But they well, just, he's not from they, the West Coast. But he's yeah. not from the West Coast. He is. They he found him. Thing is, they're like Snoop hasn't done music in a while. He wasn't even. I don't even think he's making music. They're it's they're they're getting older. You know, M's older. They're all. So, old. I mean, Dr. Yeah. How, Snoop Dogg's probably in his fifties. Snoop's doing cameos. Yeah, he's doing cameo videos. I would have been more impressed if they had these fuckers in like the fucking early nineties when there's were... no chance. <laughs> I know. They never would have done 90s. that, right? We need we need a Snoop Dogg cameo if anybody wants to. I mean, is trouble. Snoop gonna show up in like weed medallions? That'd be awesome. Oh, if anybody wants to buy us a Snoop Dogg cameo, yes, absolutely. Oh shit. Line that up. Anyways, I'm excited for that. Uh and that should be fun. <laughs> Not to sidetrack. Ah, finally, what are we watching? Uh, Anthony, have you been? Did you watch anything else besides the Venom? I'm thinking about watching Squid Game. Oh, you're thinking about it? Okay, yeah. okay, there that's you go. good. Yeah, you're getting there. I'm glad you're thinking about it. I think mm-hmm. you should. More, more people are talking about it. So that's what I got. Mm-hmm. Okay, Rugs, you watched anything? Well, I heard that Squid Game was good, but I didn't want to watch it, so I watched instead the Octopus Game. What is that? <laughs> no, <I> just, <laughs> that's from uh, North Korea. It's very dark. I, so. <laughs> Funny, funny that I watched a shitty movie this week in the theater. You know, I watch shitty movies on purpose all the time, but these are shitty movies that cost nothing. And the only redeeming quality is there might be some martial arts. in Ah. So I watched a movie called Accident Man, and it's about a uh, assassin who makes every killing looks like an accident. Only. Uh, some shenanigans are going on with the network of assassins that he works with. And all of a sudden they target somebody that he, his girlfriend and get, she So he goes on like a killing spree and kills the whole assassins club that he's oh, in. Oh God, this is a Scott Atkins movie. Yes. Yeah, Scott Atkins is in he it. He wrote it too. And <laughs> he wrote it and he's in it and it's got some pretty, pretty decent fighting in it's it. It's based on a comic book. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I enjoyed it more than Venom, even though it was just all probably just <laughs> oh, as horrible yeah. in that in every single it, like the character at least 
you know, did things that made sense to, to a degree. Ray I don't Stevenson know. is in this too. Yes. As big yeah, Ray. Ray Stevenson, Ray Park. Oh, Ray Park's wow. in this too. Oh, uh, so there's gotta um, be some good fight scenes. Yeah. There, there's some, and the guy who played Spawn Michael is J. In White this. is in this. Okay. Yeah. Jesus what Christ, is this it's like on? all the B level yeah. actors. Yeah. What is this on, Rugs? What the fuck is it on? I think I watched it on Prime. On Amazon? On yeah, it's on Prime Video. Accident Man on Prime Video. Oh, I might have to check this out. It was on Netflix a while back, but I never it's thought like to watch it. It's like all the straight-to-DVD yes. actors. Yes, all in one. I love those movies. <laughs> those are the movies that I watch. Like, if I want to watch a brainless movie, because, number one, I got no skin in the game. Um, I know what to expect. It's dog going to be dog shit. And then every once in a while, a gem. There's some entertaining fighting yeah. where they don't cut away from like everything where the, where the stunt people actually fucking get hit and stuff. And oh. I'm like, oh, I like that. Oh. So mm. yeah. I might check that out. All right. Accident, uh, man. I did finally finish squid game. This show was so good. No I was spoilers. trying, I'm not going to give me spoilers. I was trying to like savor it and watch one or two episodes a day. And really, I would recommend that's the best way to do it because it's so dark, like, and you kind of want to sit with it. Things fucking crazy things happen. Uh, it was great. The ending is is weird. I may have to go back and watch the last episode again, but there there's moments that are just gut punches in this, and they say, and there's a brown guy in it. I, oh, I failed to mention there's a, a Pakistani character oh, speaking Urdu in in Korea. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, there's a brown guy. I love this show. Uh, very good. I still <laughs> highly recommend it. I don't want to spoil anything. I need all both of you to watch it, and we can talk about it because there's so much One of the most about. popular things Netflix has ever done. Yeah, they're saying globally. This is like the biggest views they're getting globally. Wow. Uh, and it's a boon for Korean Korean stuff. People are paying attention. Yeah, I, I, I might eventually check it out. I've been meaning to get at this. You know, it sounds like a Chanwook Park like series, like something that he would have done, but it's um, take your time. It's worth it. I would love to review it once everybody's watched. All right, cool. All right. I'm going to watch it. I just haven't had time. I, you know, uh, and then I did days. manage to squeeze in a viewing of the movie. Many saints of Newark. Oh, that's also on my released list. on HBO max. This of course is the prequel Sopranos movie. How directed, was it? Uh, so it's okay. I will tell you this. If you've seen all the six seasons of Sopranos, you will get a lot out of this. There's actually like huge spoilers in the beginning if you haven't seen the show, which I was like, oh, they're just going to. Okay. But uh, it's a, it's like a decent episode, extended episode of the Sopranos. So this one, you know, Christopher Moltisanti, uh, his, who's Chris on the show, played by uh, Michael Imperioli. It's about his dad, Dickie Moltisanti. And in The Sopranos, you hear Tony and Christopher and the rest of the crew talk fondly of Dickie Moltisanti. It's a dude Tony looked up to. It was his uncle, like not, you know, quote unquote uncle. So it's about him and his dad, Hollywood Dick Moltisanti, played by Ray Liotta, who is great. Uh, so and you got young versions of everybody. Fucking Big Pussy, Silvio, Paulie Walnuts. Uh, they're all, they got young and a, and a teenage Tony Soprano. I will say the plus, the plus good parts of this is it gives you what things that what made Sopranos great. There's fucking shocking deaths and violence. There's the whole thing with the Kumars and the mistress and the girlfriend. Uh, that's always interesting. And you know, there's mafia shenanigans and fucked up. Is things. there, is there the strip club? There's no strip club, but mm. you are, again, you're rooting for these characters who are fucking sociopaths and they're like, you're, leads they're your protagonist john bernthal plays tony's dad 
uh, which is great. It's great to kind of finally meet him because Tony talked about him a lot and he was out of his life because he was in jail. There's a young junior soprano. The weird thing is it really doesn't fill in why Tony Soprano eventually turns to the life because in the movie he's kind of fighting against it the whole time. He doesn't want to have anything to do with it. He does a couple of things, but he kind of remains innocent and you don't really get a sense of what made him. It's just he was living there and it was the life and so, but if you watch The Sopranos, I think I think you will you will dig the uh, the backstory. Basically, I gotta go back and watch the whole. The you know what? You again. don't. I didn't, and I remembered enough that it was fine. That I, event, uh, you watch it, you're like, oh, that's that fucking guy. I had to look up a couple of people because there's even a teenage Carmela in there, real briefly. What's your favorite episode of Sopranos? Okay, my favorite episode has to be, and this is kind of spoilery. Spoiler alert: Joey Pantoliano. I was about to say the same plays, one. What does he play? What's the character? Oh, I don't um, fucking remember his name. He plays a character who is a great kind of foil to Tony Soprano. Yeah. You love him. You hate him. Uh, anyways, the episode where he gets killed. <laughs> yes. I was going to say that. One. Tony Soprano is one of the most organic killing gangster scenes you're ever going to watch. When it starts, you... You do not think this is going to happen. You don't see this coming, but when it happens, it's perfectly done. It makes perfect sense. Was he the one that was dating his sister? Janice? I think, yes. He was dating Janice, and his name was. Fuck. Oh, my God. So, you know the girl, Adia Turturro? Adia Turturro playing Janice. She was in an episode of What We Do in the Shadows, and I didn't even recognize her. She was skinny. Oh. She was old and skinny. She looks scary. Ralph Cifaretto <laughs> was the character Joey Pants played. Ralph Cifaretto, great character. Ralphie. Ralphie. Yeah, Ralph. And you know what? I even love the ending, the how it, the abrupt, crazy ending, because you could still talk about that ending. the way. I like the one in the Pine Barrens, too. Oh, Pine Barrens was a fantastic episode. One more note about this movie. The last shot of the movie is very weird, and I don't know why David Chase did this. I'll just leave it at that. It's okay. kind of... So you thought it was good? Uh, it's it was it was good. It's good if you scale of one to ten. Ah, uh, it's like a seven. Mm-hmm. Watch the Sopranos, seven, seven and a half. You'll like Ooh. it. It could have been better, but it was like a you know it didn't blow me away. It wasn't like the best episode of Sopranos, but it's up there with like the really good episodes. Of Sopranos. Did you ever watch Lily Hammer? No, that's Stephen with Sylvia, Steve, yeah, Stephen Van Zandt's other. Show. Is he a mobster in that show too? Yeah, he's a mobster that hides in like Lily Hammer in in fucking I don't Norway or some yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, he's hiding out, and he's hiding out, and he just starts a, a whole crime ring in Norway. Dude, I have this guy at work from a big convention in Vegas got me a signed copy of this cigar magazine signed by Steve Sharippa, who played Bobby Bacala. And it says Ooh. to him, Ron Bobby Bacala, Steve Sharippa. Uh, I have that somewhere. I should pull that out. I was like, oh, look at this. Uh, the hilarious thing is the guy playing Silvio, the young Silvio, he's literally he's walking around with his head just crooked to the side the whole time, like <laughs> fucking Stephen Van Zandt, and he's got a toupee on. It's kind of funny. I think if you like The Sopranos, you're gonna you got to watch this. It's it's backstory. It's all about Dicky Moltisanti and what Tony and these guys saw growing up. The fucking insane sociopathic psychopathic violence you see growing up. And there's a race riot. It takes place in the '60s. Some fucking Crazy shit. So. Wow. I, I got to watch. Uh, all right. We'll finish up out this week, fellas. 
You, if you did not get to see Black Widow or you want to watch it again and you don't want to pay for it, it will be back on Disney Plus, free for subscribers this week, October 6th. I'd watch it again. Would you guys watch it again? I've seen it twice, so I don't know if I'll watch yeah. it again. I, I did watch it twice, but it's been a while. And if it, I only seen it once, but I don't need to there. watch it again. By the way, quick update. Did you hear about the uh, lawsuit? Oh, they settled, right? Yes, they did. And, and they, they settled, and they were like, we're, and they're basically said, we're open to working with her again. Oh, my God. Everybody's cool. She got an additional, from, from reports, uh, excess of an additional $40 million. Oh, shit. Holy crap. It holy. says it won't be paid in one lump sum. She had already gotten paid $20 million for the movie. Also, yes, they are pals again. She, They're working. She's working on their next a theme park ride turned movie, which is Tower of Terror, because you know Disney is going to take every ride they have and turn them into movie franchises. They already got. Is there one Jungle Cruise? Yeah, there's one Jungle Cruise. They, they got to do a Space Mountain one. They're going to do it. Every ride is going to be a movie. And, and Ric Flair's got to be in it. Oh, he, woo. <laughs> yeah, he's got a uh, he's got a line about oh, taking women shit. to Space Mountain. I don't know. Oh, if it's really? A, yeah. Yes. He's something along the lines of like, like I'll, I'll hop aboard Space Mountain, and it's like about his dick. <laughs> well yeah. the quote is hold on let me see i can pull Got this it? up hold on right here hold on girls i'm gonna be available anywhere you see my name on the marquee and you can ride space mountain all night long Moreno, if you're 18 years old or over <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Woo. oh it's got to put the age limit in there holy oh, fuck shit. that was amazing yeah, that was amazing. I, I, he's got to be in the movie. He's gonna you be he'll probably be dead by then. But Space Mountain all night long. Only if you're 18 and above. <laughs> what the fuck? Holy shit! That's the fuck? I'm glad you shared that. Yeah, that's anyways, the only ride I can think of from with the Space Mountain ride. There's the Epcot ride. There's there's lots of fucking shitty rides nobody remembers. Power gonna, Terror, I remember. You know, Pirates of the Caribbean was a ride. Jungle Cruise was a oh, ride. Yeah, the Haunted House. They did that with Eddie Murphy. That was a ride. Holy shit. They're going to turn every ride into a fucking movie and make billions of dollars and Epcot, the ride. Oh, have you ever been on the Epcot ride? That's the most boring ride it you'll ever be It is kind of boring. It's, I thought it would be more exciting. Yeah, it's inside just a that history thing. tour. Yo, I love Captain EO, the Michael Jackson movie. Oh, in 3D. That shit oh, I, dope. I think oh, I missed that shit. one. They, I think it come down because of things, yeah. you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> I don't before, think they want to associate with Michael Jackson. It was there. It was amazing. It was, uh, I think it was directed by... John Landis or James Cameron or somebody crazy it's directed nuts. that movie. Anyways, uh, Scar Joe says, quote, I am happy to have resolved our differences with Disney. I'm incredibly proud of the work we've done together. I look forward to continuing collaboration years to come. Blah, 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 blah. They're all fucking friends. They cut her a check. That's what we thought was going to happen. Fuck you. Pay me. So she got 40, 40 million, which is close to what the 50 million she said she lost. I don't know. So that's done. Moving on. Anyways, that's the show. Rugs, where can the listener find you online? Oh. Besides mm, you can Only find fans. me on Twitter. There's something <laughs> besides my OnlyFans page. Um it will, I will be on Twitter at really rugboy. So uh come sign up and follow. Is that what people do? What Smash do that like button. Subscribe. No, don't do that. You no, you gotta subscribe. Smash that subscribe. Stay subscribed, listener. Check the show notes. Visit our website, jockunder.com. Bunch of things to do over there. All the links. Share the show. That's the most important thing. Tweet it out. Text it to your friends. Get spread the geekery. Thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. And he's the nerd. We'll peep you next time. 
really don't give a shit. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's really good. I stick it up my I asshole. I stick it up my asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Talking nerd. I knew it was coming.